All right, it is the sports mashup number 41. December 8th, 2021 is today's date. And uh, lots to get to here today. Starting in the NBA where last, uh, what was it, Friday? Yeah. Uh, the Warriors and Suns round two. This one was, you know, at Golden State. Devin Booker was not playing for Phoenix. Uh, they withstood a lot of the runs from the Warriors for most of the game, but in the end, the Warriors just uh, were too much. They made a lot of shots, so uh, the Warriors did win round two. So they split, and they play again on Christmas, so that'll be an interesting game. Hopefully both teams are back to full strength. You know, Wiseman coming back for the Warriors. I'm assuming Clay Thompson will be back by then. I'm assuming Booker will be back by then. So be a little bit more compelling on Christmas uh, for sure. I'm guessing so, also Curry – had a better game than he had in yeah. round one. I think a big factor in this game was that Mikhail Bridges hurt his finger in the first half and didn't come back until a little bit later in the game. So when he was not in the game defending Curry, which is something that he did so well in the first game, it really changed uh, the Suns. He played 30 minutes. Yeah, he uh, he did come back. But, like, the other thing is, like, other players the Warriors are making shots. Yeah, like Curry in the first was, game, it was only Jordan Poole that was making shots. Curry was 8 for 20, 6 for 11 from 3 at 23. Wiggins had 19. Uh, Poole had 14. But I mean, then Wiggins, had, uh, Gary Payton, uh, the second had 19. And then Toscano, and, is it Toscano Anderson? He had uh, yeah. 17. Wiggins and those guys did not show up in the first game. So that was a big difference for sure. Uh, so the Suns still didn't allow Curry to, like, kill them. Like, Curry's torched a lot of teams this season. The Suns, he's not torched either time. He had a much better game. And this one, 6 for 11, is legit. But still, they've still handled him pretty well. But both teams are now 20 and 4. Like I said, they'll play on Christmas Day. Uh, and then the, the other thing I added. The, Warrior, the Warriors also shot 13 of 39 for three. So they were 48.7%. And the Suns were eight for twenty-two. Yeah, Suns just didn't have the scoring in that game. They took a lot of really dumb shots, wasted a lot of possessions. That's what happens when Booker's out; it gets a little bit messy. But they bounced back and won on Monday, so uh, they've still won nineteen of twenty games. So both teams twenty and four. Like I said, they'll meet on Christmas. Uh, the other thing I added for the NBA was that Damian Lillard wants a two-year, one hundred and seven million dollar extension from the Blazers now. Whether this is a play to try to actually get the money and re-sign in Portland or a play for, okay, they're not going to want to pay him, so we're going to have to trade him because they're going to have a new GM there too. That's another factor here. And that's but, I, uh, I ridiculous mean, money. I don't know. I don't even know why he'd want an extension there because they still need pieces around him in the column. I've always thought that they had enough to get where they got, like Western Conference Final. They have enough to get there, but they don't have enough to go beyond that. Maybe not not now, but a few years ago. When they had LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I mean, that was a long time ago, but uh, they didn't pay him, which was that the right move? I mean, it didn't end well for him in San Antonio, but he plays a pretty nice role with Brooklyn now. But, um, I mean, Nurkic. And him being back still weird how he left last year because of his heart issue. And now he's back. Yeah, I mean, he's playing a big role. They got a lot of injuries in Brooklyn, so he's playing a big role. Imagine if he would have stayed last year, like his role in the playoff could have helped the Nets. Yeah, I wish the Suns would have been able to play the Nets in the playoffs last season in the finals. Would have beaten them. Uh, I have a feeling that's for Lillard to want to go somewhere. It could be. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Nurkic is a guy that's missed a lot of time there. 
and he's like the third piece there or was, and he missed like an entire season and other times. So that's a big factor. Now, the other thing is Ben Simmons is apparently interested or Lillard is apparently interested in playing with Ben Simmons. So could they make that happen? I don't know. Uh, imagine if like Lillard was on like Boston. I mean, that would be uh, pretty good. They're happy with Schroeder right now, though. Yeah, but just him, Jalen Brown. Where's the thing? Lillard has like three years left on his current contract, but I think he has an option somewhere, maybe after next season or something, he has an option, but he still has a lot of money that's still on his current contract. So if you're going to trade for him, there's no way a team like the Celtics could trade for him without giving up like Jalen Brown or someone like that. That or unless they had a bunch of picks still, but I think yeah, Danny Ainge ran through all those. Yeah, not a lot there. I mean, a team that could do it is like, for Lillard at least, a team that could do it and trade young players that Portland would be interested in is probably the Knicks. Like, Emmanuel Quickly is a nice piece. Mitchell Robinson could be a nice piece. Hey, and maybe, maybe the Pelicans. Then you could have Ingram, Zion, Lillard. I mean, is Zion ever going to play? I mean, that's kind of a big thing here. But the other thing is uh, – how about how disastrous the Knicks free agency has turned out to be? Kimba is out of the rotation, and Evan Fournier is a disaster if he's not shooting the ball well. Like, they he took started, a risk. He started the year really good, too. They let Reggie Bullock walk, and uh, he's doing all right in Dallas. So, I mean, I the Knicks are, what, 12-12 and 12 or something? So they've been a disappointment compared to what they were last season, but free agency not looking good for them. I wonder what happens with Kimba. I think eventually he'll get back into the rotation, but we'll see. Uh, I think they're like one and four with him out of the rotation or something. Didn't win their first game without him until last night. But um, all right, NFL week 13, the Cowboys predictably beat the Saints on Thursday night football. Taysom Hill threw four picks. I'm still not a soul on the Cowboys. Like their defense that, is, and he, he broke his finger. How early in the game was it? I feel like it was like the third quarter or something like that. But he threw like two of the picks after he broke his, or two or three of the picks after he broke his finger. At least two of them, yeah. I think I think it was two. I mean, the one to the defensive end. It's just a really dumb throw. As a, a walk-in touchdown. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm still not sold on the Cowboys though. It's just like, I don't think their offense is that good. Their line's not very good. Zeke, I mean. Tony as Pollard I, is so much better than Zeke. As I wrote in here, Zeke's got a knee issue, and he says uh, he is playing unless he's dragged off the field. Tony Pollard does every single thing except for pass protection better yeah. than Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he he hit. It's like I was telling someone. I think I was talking about Thursday. How Ronald Jones, when he comes in the game for the Bucks, he just sits there and hammers the hole, or he finds the edge, and he gets like seven or eight yards a touch. He's like, I'm only getting the ball maybe ten times a game, if that. So I'm going to make the most of it. Tony Pollard is the same way. He runs, he hits the hole, he catches out of the backfield and makes plays. And because of Jerry Jones giving a boatload of money to Amari Cooper, Ezekiel and Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard is going to be a prize in the free agency market after this season as a running back. Anybody looking to pay a running back, I don't know who that would be, but anybody looking to pay a running back, Tony Pollard's going to get paid by somebody. Carolina, Giants. The Giants would be very interesting, I think. Um, Jets, maybe. 
Yeah, the Jets. I mean, I like Michael Carter, but I don't know if he's really the longtime number one there. I wouldn't think that that would be the case. That's what I think Pollard could go there, be the number one, and then Carter could be the two. Yeah. Um, trying to think but, of other teams. But Carolina, if they're if if you know, like we talked about last week, if they deal McCaffrey somewhere. Yeah, I think especially if Matt Rule is still the coach, I still think that Chubba Hubbard will be the number one there if McCaffrey's ever gone. Who else maybe? Miami? Yeah, they they need a running game for sure. I mean, them with an elite running game would really be a good team, I think. Because uh, I think their line's getting better. They've drafted line too. Maybe even the Rams? Yeah, but Cam Akers is probably the guy there if when he's back again. Okay, so Seattle could be one. Seattle just doesn't run the ball. And Chris Carson's there, but yeah, how but good they, is he at this point? I always heard, at least if they get Pollard, they have a healthy back. Yeah, um, a lot of teams have running backs. Like Atlanta, I think you hold on to Cordero Patterson and keep him in that role. And then if you keep Mike Davis, that's fine. If you don't, you draft a guy in the middle of the draft and like a C.J. Verdell from Oregon or Tyler Allgaier from uh, BYU, middle middle round draft picks. That could be nice players behind Patterson for Atlanta. Yeah. But I think New York, the Jets are probably one of the best better options. Yeah, they need a running game, but their line stinks too. Both if he goes to the Giants, team. then he still might just be the backup guy, and I think he's a guy who could be a one. Yeah, um, no other team really comes to the top here for me. I mean, unless Houston. Yeah, just I mean, they still have David Johnson and that, but I mean, they don't. Heck, maybe even New England, but they got those young guys that always seem to. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is. Oh, they always end up finding some young guy. Fourth round rookie looks like a future number one back, and Damian Harris is good too. But he, I have a feeling James White's. Out of there for this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris is an excellent duo, especially behind that line, behind that scheme, behind like that's what Belichick does, and that's what those guys do. And I think other good teams do this too. Everybody on the field can block. Every single person on the field can block. I have a feeling James White's going to be wearing uh, red pewter next year. Could be. Could be. Giovanni um, Bernard's going to be gone. They're going to get him to be the scat back. Why not reunite him with Tom? I thought it was going to happen this year. And then he re-signed with New England, and then the Bucks signed Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, uh, but to wrap up the Pollard thing, I just think that somebody's going to get a really, really solid running back. I mean, you know, you look around the league, though, I feel like almost every team has a set starter. For the most part, like 90% of teams have a true set starter. And it's not like they're elite number ones, but they're good enough number ones. Like Denver, for example, Javante Williams is absolutely a number one. Like you saw the way that he ran against Kansas City. I mean, that guy's a number one. There's no doubt. And then, you know, in that division, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a number one. Austin Eckler is a number one. Jacobs is a number one. It's really hard to, you know, if you're a free agent running back, it's really hard to get a good contract from a team number one you want to play for, a team that's competing, because there's most teams that are competing have a number one. Yeah. like It's got to be between Houston and the Jets. What about San Francisco? Shanahan I think they like do a I lot think, with them. I think they like Hasty. I just – I don't know. They have a lot of injuries, too, to running backs every season. Of course, San Francisco is, like, the most injured team every season. But, yeah. um, all right. 
let's move forward here. The Bucks they threw the ball 8 million times. I think Brady had like 25 attempts in the first half or something, or first quarter. He had, didn't he have 20 in the first quarter? I think he had 20 uh, in the first quarter. I don't know. I know he has 35 touchdowns, and that's more than like 20 teams. Yeah, they throw the ball a ton, and that, that helps. And they had the ball a lot in this game too. He did throw that weird pick six, which was – Something. I mean, that was a weird play, but they yeah. still. Gio Bernard was like, uh, I can't really do anything here. Yeah. Uh, then you also had the Cardinals sloppy weather game, beat the Bears 33-22 Arizona, now 7-0 and on the road. I believe they've won all of those road games by double digits as well in uh, the return of Kyler Murray. I think Andy Dalton had four picks in that game. He will not start Sunday night, but uh, not great for him. Uh, the Chargers tried to blow it, but then pulled away at the end. They beat the Bengals 41-22 in Cincinnati. Uh, and then the Lions. Finally, the Lions win a football game. First win in 364 days after a thrilling touchdown pass from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown on the last play of the game against the Vikings. So, I mean, of course, they had to make it interesting. They were up by like three scores. They were up 20 to six going into the fourth quarter. Okay, so two scores. Goff had the mind-numbingly stupid strip sack on fourth and one in the fourth quarter that Hawkins, set up a 27-23 lead. Hawkinson made an unbelievable catch for a touchdown. Yeah. They always make it harder than it has to be. And uh, you always felt that the Lions were going to win. It would be the Bears or the Vikings that they would beat. It's a divisional game. The Vikings are, let's be honest, I mean, just overall average. They have some really, really good players, but they're just not a very good team. I think Mike no. Zimmer could be a guy that gets fired. And they're, they're definitely not the same team without Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and then Thielen went down in this game too. Yeah. So. They're missing uh, like a tier one, tier two tight end. Yeah. Irv Smith. And a third receiver. Yeah. I mean, Irv Smith's hurt, so that probably hurts them overall. I think he's a decent – I think he could be a, a probably a number one in some form. But uh, the Dolphins continue to win. They beat the uh, Giants 20-9. to I think they're just proving that uh, they don't need they're, – they're not making Tua do too much. And I think that's kind of the way that he has to play to be successful and it's working. I did that. I had to pick him up for fantasy this week with Rodgers being on a bye. I couldn't like for him to do a little more because he only had – Two rushes for one yard. Couldn't use a little more. I lost by four points. But I mean, Jalen Waddles is stud. There's no doubt. I mean, he's so good. Uh, another elite young wide receiver in the league. Uh Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania is back and it is now in Philly. And it's not gonna last in to, it's not gonna it's gonna last through the bye week and then Hertz is gonna start the next game. But they beat the Jets 33-18. I think Gardner Minshew is a good enough quarterback to be a starter. I think he's better than multiple starters in the league right now. Don't you say Teddy Bridgewater? And Teddy Bridgewater is absolutely one of them. Tyrod Taylor is one of them. He's in the uh, top nine in completion percentage yeah. and QBR. I'll take Gardner Minshew easily. Well, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has a lot to work with, too. you got to think about that. Yeah, but think about how, all he's got. receivers have been getting hurt. I think if you put Minshew with Shanahan, he would be better than Garoppolo. That's a fact. Fact. He has really good stats. Like, if you look at his stats, you're like, okay, he's definitely good enough to be a starter in the league. He's better than Hurts right now, 
Hertz is too inconsistent, but it's just they're they're still going to go with Hertz to start the next game. He's so. definitely better than Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah, that's that's a given. I think he's right now he's better than what the Bears have, but I I think eventually Fields will be the guy. Any, any Jets quarterback? He's better than Goff, I think too. Uh, he's better than Daniel Jones. Whatever the Giants are throwing out there, he's better than. Right now, he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if he will be in the future. I doubt it if, if Lawrence stays in the trajectory. He's better than any rookie quarterback other than Mac Jones right now. I would like to see Lawrence with ETN. It'll happen next year. Yeah. Uh, the Colts dominated the Texans 31-0. The Rams dominated the Jaguars 37-7. Still don't buy the Rams as much as some probably do. Those were both gimme games. Yep. Uh, I had Carson Wentz in fantasy, 11 points, not so good. Uh, Washington football team, they continue to win. This time in Vegas, 17-15 on a late field goal by the kicker, whose name I don't remember. Um, And uh, Logan Thomas did go down out for the season for Washington, so he had that. and then He uh, had a good game going. Yeah, he had a touchdown, I remember. Uh, the Ravens failed to convert a risky two-point conversion at the end of the game. Steelers went 20-19. to Lamar overcooked it just a little bit off the hand of Mark Andrews and a huge win for the Steelers to show that they still have a little bit of life. But these are like the stupid decision Harbaugh makes. Like, kick the extra point. <sighs> I don't really – I don't disagree with the going for two. Oh, but it's like so many times he takes the ball away from Tucker, but yet he wants to use them when they need 50-yarders. But then other times, like he's like, nah, you just stay on the sideline. Even though you're one of the best kickers in the history of football, I don't want you kicking the ball. I get that, but I think that if you watch the the game, the Ravens secondary was depleted. Marlon Humphrey was out. Everybody was hurt. You can't go into overtime. And I think Humphreys might be out for the season. He is out for the season. Yeah, torn pack. But – the Ravens' defense is starting to get really, really depleted on the back end in that game. So I like the idea of Harbaugh saying, okay, we're not going to survive in overtime, so let's just try to win the game now. Like, I don't disagree with the decision. Uh, I, don't, I think it was much more about that than anything to do with Justin Tucker. Um, but the Seahawks, they finally won. I was picking them to win every freaking week for the last three or four weeks, and they finally decided to win. This time it's San Francisco again. They probably should have went to overtime if the 49ers could have converted anything at the end, but they didn't. 30 to 23 the final. I picked the Niners to win this game. I like the Niners as well, and it did not work. Uh, the Chiefs and Broncos, I fell asleep during this game. It was so boring. Ugly Sunday night football game. 22 to 9, the Chiefs won. Mahomes, the 57.2 rating. He's just not having a good season. He's got a lot of touchdowns, but he's also got a lot of interceptions. He's also had some bad luck with those interceptions. He used to have good luck with interceptions his first few seasons. Yeah. Opponents dropping the interceptions. Now it's going off of Tyree Kill's hands and those types. Sorensen finally made a play on national TV. He's been getting burnt about every game they show. And he finally got a pick six. I think he got an interception on Sunday night football earlier in the season against uh, Vegas, but that's about it, yeah. Yeah, but ever since, he was getting torched. The one play that the Packers made at Arrowhead with Jordan Love, a quarterback, was uh, Sorensen getting burnt by Lazard. So there you go. Um, Then the Patriots, just an unbelievably old-school game. The Patriots run the ball 45 times. They throw it three times. And they beat Buffalo 14 to 10. Incredible win. And uh just a huge win for Belichick and them. And they're I mean, they're rolling. Yeah. What how many let me look how many fantasy points Mac Jones even got? Well, I can confirm that someone in my league had him. 
and they were winning by, uh, I believe, 1.6 at the end of the game. And Mac Jones was kneeling it, but he was going backwards a few yards. So he almost – it went from 1.6 to 0.3. He almost kneeled his way out of a victory in the fantasy world. I think in my league, though, now they uh, they took that out where it doesn't cost you rushing yards. And everything. Well, my league is old school, so we're rolling with it. I mean, Mac was going back three or four yards to kneel it to waste more time. He had 0.46 points. He was 2 of 3 for 19 yards, and he had 5 – Rushes for negative three. And anybody who thinks, well, the Patriots proved they don't need Mac Jones is an idiot and should shut up. So, yeah, I mean, that's so impressive that the the, the Patriots were able to do that. I mean, we're never going to see something like that again, I don't think, unless it's the Patriots doing it again. But the Bills knew they were running, and they couldn't stop it. And uh, that was the difference. Ramondre Stevens, like I said, was running the ball very hard yeah, after hey, Damian Harris got hurt. Yeah. I mean, those Damian, two combined had 200 yards. Yeah, Damian Harris had 10 rushes and like 100-something yards because he had that huge one that broke off for the first touchdown of the game. But, uh, you know, Buffalo, 7-5, and five, seven seed right now in the AFC. New England's, what, 9-4 and four now, and they're uh, the one seed? Well, I mean, we're all around to that part. So, playoff picture after thir- week after 13 weeks. Uh, the NFC, you got the Cardinals at 10-2, and two, Packers 9-3, and three, Bucks 9-3. Cowboys eight and four, Rams eight and four, uh, Washington football team at six and six, and the Niners at six and six. Then the AFC, you got the Patriots at nine and four, the Titans at eight and four, Ravens at eight and four, Chiefs at eight and four, Chargers at seven and four, Bengals at seven and four, and the Bills at six and five. I guarantee you, right now, if the Cowboys and Rams played each other in the playoffs, the Cowboys would win that game, guaranteed. The Rams have first-round exit written all over them. And the Seahawks now have lost uh, their safety, Jamal Adams, for the season due to a shoulder injury. Yep. So he goes down. Marlon Humphrey goes down. Logan Thomas went down. A lot of guys. And uh, other players that are not going down that are coming up, Jair Alexander back at practice for the Packers. He's not going to play this week, but he's got a few weeks here and hopefully he'll get uh, out there. Smith still been playing? Which one? The – Jalen, is that the one they got from the Cowboys? Oh, he's he's been gone for a while now. I didn't know. They cut him after like three weeks, ran out of roster spots, and he was burnt anyway. He but but not... they didn't really have a spot for him because – Yeah, well, they had a rush in the passer, and he wasn't that bad at that. But then they brought in Whitney Merciless, who was doing a great job, and then he got hurt. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Houston, he's going to be on their uh... – Ring of Honor someday. Had a great career for them, yeah. Uh, University of Illinois, Whitney Merciless, shout out. Uh, okay, golf season's yeah. pretty much over for the calendar year, but they'll return yeah. in January. Yeah, we had the Hero World Challenge last week. The winner was Victor Hovland, shot 18 under. He's a rising star, and uh, he's behind me on this magazine on the right. Uh, I guess, yeah, the right from where you are, yeah. Uh, you got Shoffley and then Hovland in the background for me. Uh, Morikawa had a six-shot lead, I think, going into the last round here. He did not close that out. Many people speculating because he got engaged last week, and those types of things always result in a meltdown or a triumph. And uh, Someone else who had a meltdown in that was uh, our boy Jordan Spieth. He was bad, yeah, not good. And he, him and Hendrick Stinson got the two-stroke penalty for teeing off in the wrong tee box. 
it was a whole big thing, but a uh, good way to go out for the, the calendar year. In January, they'll return. And in January, PGA Tour Live, which has uh, previously been on Prime Video or through the PGA Tour app or uh, other subscriptions, will now be on ESPN Plus starting in January 2022, which is huge news. Four new streaming feeds will more than triple the coverage to more than 4,300 exclusive hours. You have a main feed, which is the primary tournament coverage, best action from across the course. The marquee group, which is new, showcasing every shot from each player in the group, which is, you know, not exactly the same as a feature group. It's just one group. Uh, the feature groups are the traditional PGA Tour Live coverage of two concurrent groups and featured holes. Combinations of par threes and iconic or pivotal holes will be on there. So that's really good news. Uh, people who have ESPN Plus will now just have to get uh, PGA Tour Live. I was already paying extra for PGA Tour Live. Now I don't have to do that. And uh, it's another great thing ESPN Plus is doing. We've seen it with their mid-major basketball streams. Um, the NHL package on there is tremendous. Other exclusive content. It's it's one of the best deals in sports if you're a sports fan. Five bucks a month. Uh, this was a free ad for them, by the way, so shout out. Uh, just a lot of great content on there, uh, no doubt. And then uh, also Tiger Woods and his son Charlie have officially committed to playing in next week's 36-hole PNC Championship at the Ritz-Carlton Resort in Orlando, Florida. They played in this last year. Obviously, the car accident about, uh, what was it, eight months ago now or nine months ago. Might have been ten months ago, actually. This is always uh, the one where it's like father and son were like John Daly and – yeah. Little John playing. Yeah, and Justin Thomas and his dad playing. It's sometimes it's a professional and their dad or uh, the dad and the professional. So that made no sense, but, you know. Yeah, the professional and their dad or the professional and their son. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I nailed it pretty much. Because um, I always like watching Little John. A, they always coordinate their outfits together. Little John always wears shorts, though, instead of pants. He's in college golf now, isn't he? I think so. But little John – Rips the ball. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Charlie Woods can really play, too. We saw that last year. He's going to be very good in the future. But uh, it'll be interesting to see Tiger out there. I don't know how much he's actually going to hit the ball because I know it's like a scramble or whatever the actual uh, method is. But I guess we'll have the – I'm pretty um, sure it's best ball. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, we'll have the Century Tournament of Champions to pick in January – yeah. And uh, we'll get back January to sixth and ninth. You have that being <clears throat> Harris English. It'll be in Hawaii. So we'll see golf fans in a month for our picks. All right, college basketball. Purdue is number one for the first time in school history. Shout out to Purdue. Very good team. And did um, you see that image of the number the uh, teams who have been a number one in college basketball? There's a lot of them. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, there wasn't as many as I thought there would have been. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I yeah, there's like a limited selection for teams. That I, I mean, it looked like there was like 40 teams maybe. It It's a you know tall mountain to climb to get to number one, and Purdue is good proof of that. They've had a lot of good teams over the years, and they finally got there. And the reason they got there is Duke losing to Ohio State and Gonzaga losing to Duke. And then Gonzaga also lost to Alabama. So Gonzaga's two losses early in the season. They'll be fine. They'll dominate the West Coast, even though the West Coast Conference is getting better. You picked this game last week, didn't you? I did pick Gonzaga. I thought they would be able to prove that they're still legit. But it's weird. It takes a lot of time to put that – like the team is so much different from last season. There's so many different faces – well, yeah, and Alabama was one of those teams we discussed before it started on all the transfers they got. It was like them in Oklahoma that were getting a lot of those transfers. And Alabama uh, has the best 
perimeter in terms of shooting in the country, and it's not even close. I mean, Quinterly, Shackelford, they just have every single guy that plays guard there can shoot. J.D. Davison, I mean, they that's what they do, and they shot their way to a victory, or they made a ton of threes. And the opposite of that was what who's, was going on at Madison Square Garden last who's night. Who's their head coach right now? Nate Oates. That's what I thought. Came from Buffalo. He's done an incredible job there. Him and Eric Musselman, Arkansas and Alabama basketball, bright future. Very good recruiting, very good coaching. So, uh, But sloppy at MSG last night. He had a doubleheader. Uh, Texas Tech beat Tennessee 57-52 in overtime. So Tennessee or Texas Tech managed to score 57 points in 45 minutes and won the game. They were 16% from three. Yeah, I watched this game. Ugly. It was boring. Second game was a little bit more exciting just because Villanova shot 53s. 13 for 50 from three, Villanova, and they win the game by 14. Makes sense of who they were playing. Syracuse, yeah. No defense. They were they were shooting in the zone out of the trying to shoot over the zone. And will a team ever or has a team ever missed 37 threes and won the game by double digits? I feel like that will never happen again. I Syracuse, Syracuse lives through the they live and die from just the Bayheim kids' points. Yeah, buddy. And I Jimmy. mean, they, they should have. I, I, they, I mean, they did blow it, but they ended up winning the game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, Indiana, yeah. Yeah, they should have beat Indiana by eight and gave up the lead to go into double overtime. Yeah, Syracuse is not very good. The ACC as a whole is incredibly unimpressive this season outside of Duke. So Duke, like I said, should have no problem winning that conference, I wouldn't think. But uh, no, the uh, Coach K's last year? Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, MLB is in a lockout, so we will not be discussing them because they don't even deserve airtime on this program. So screw the MLB. Uh, NHL. Uh Mitch Marner of the Maple Leafs will miss three to four weeks with an injury. The Leafs, one of the best teams in the league right now in terms of points. He has 21 points in 24 games. He will miss time. Big loss there in the top six. And then another loss uh, for the Pens. He might be the only guy, too, that I like that plays for a Canadian team. Marner? Yeah, he's a stud. I like Matthews, too, because Matthews is a U.S.-born player. I always support the U.S. guys. Even Patrick Kane's a guy that I would probably not like as much if he was from Canada, but he's a U.S. guy. i got to support him. You know how it is. Uh, but uh, Jake Gensel for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a one of the better wingers for Crosby over the, his time in Pittsburgh. He's a very good scorer. Uh, week to week with an injury, 27 points in 24 games. He was riding a 13-game point streak before the injury, so he goes down. Uh, he missed a significant time a few seasons ago, uh, but he went down again. And uh, a couple of coach moves. The Canucks fired general manager Jim Benning after I think it was seven seasons. They made the playoffs twice. Uh, one of them was literally because of the playing tournament after the uh, the COVID hit, and they uh, came back and uh, wouldn't have been in the playoffs if the season finished normally, I would assume, but they did make it, and they won a round. And uh, head coach Travis Green was fired as well. They hired uh, legendary barbecue Bruce Boudreaux, two-year deal, and then they're 1-0 with him. And they play again tonight, but uh, yeah. Who, where did he coach before? He's coached a lot of places. He coached in Washington at first, and then Minnesota was where he was fired a couple seasons ago. He's very much known for doing more with less, so I think that's a big part. Even though there's not even less here, like the Canucks have a lot of talent, and this is the fourth team for Boudreaux. 
Uh, I'm looking it up now. It's five seasons with Washington, four with Anaheim, or five with Anaheim, five with Washington, four with Minnesota. Uh, he made the playoffs a total of uh, every season except for two. So that is uh, 12 out of 14. I think I remember him when he had his time in Anaheim. Actually, 10 out of 14. Excuse me, I misread that. 10 out of 14 times he made the postseason. But his uh, final two seasons in uh, Minnesota, they were over 500. So he's been over 500 every single year as a coach. So, yeah, he, he's, he knows how to – he doesn't exactly know how to get over the hump, per se, and win a cup because he's never done that, but he's coached very good teams. And I think he's a good hire here. Uh, then the fi- Flyers, they continue to struggle. They fired head coach Elaine Vigneault and interim head coach Mike Yo. Mike Yo, former Wild head coach, and uh, most known for the Blues firing him in 2019 and then making the run. So that's what he's done in his career. So maybe no, the Flyers can – yeah, maybe the Flyers can fire him and then bring in another guy in the same season, make it a third head coach for one season and uh, win a cup. Maybe we'll see that. But uh, let's go to college football where the landscape has shifted very quickly. Yeah, the new – I mean, we just put down the top four. You got Bama 1 at 12-1, and one, Michigan 2 at 12-1, and one, Georgia at 3 at 12-1, and one, and Cincinnati 13-0. and 0. You got Alabama – Play Cincinnati, Alabama, as of right now, is a 13 and a half point favorite. Not surprising. Michigan plays Georgia, seven and a half point favorite for Georgia. Surprise is that big of a spread. I mean, at least that game, you got number one versus number two defense in the country. I feel like it's an SEC thing. What Alabama did to Georgia was so impressive, though. Just I mean, dominated. They get their average was six points a game scored, and Bama scored what thirty eight or 41? 41. 41, but one of them was a pick six as well. So, and they should have had another pick six early that was dropped. And now they're talking about quarterback issues in Georgia. I mean, I think everybody's known they don't have a very good quarterback situation there. Stetson minutes a walk on. I mean, he's good enough to win against teams that aren't great, but Alabama's great. I mean, I never saw Stetson Bennett leading any team over a win against Nick Saban's team. I just I never saw that. Saturday where I was at, they were saying that this, they thought um, Michigan might have moved one to make it Alabama and Georgia again, or they were talking about it being a matchup like this where they're trying to get it to be an Alabama-Georgia championship game for a rematch of that game. I think it's going to be Alabama Michigan, but I, I like Michigan's defense. I mean, they have edge rushers who can explode a game. We've seen that. That's why I'm surprised that that spread in that game is seven and a half. I think it's a respect not... for Georgia and what they did all season in the SEC. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like that. I don't think that's fair, but I think that's what no. it is. And who knows? That, I mean, that could change in the next week and a half. Where would these games be played at? So uh, the Alabama-Cincinnati game is in Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. And then uh, the Michigan-Georgia games in Miami, I believe. Citrus Bowl, Cotton Bowl, I think, is what it is. Something like that. So, or Orange Bowl or something. Is the national championship in Atlanta again? Uh, I'm not even – I don't even know where the national championship is. Let me find that out here. Well, I found out then you had Miami hired Mario Cristobal away from Oregon after firing Manny Diaz. 
This is uh, something that wasn't that surprising. The national championships at Lucas Oil Stadium this year. So. And Indy. Yeah. Um, so. Could possibly be the first road show for the sports mashup. That seems, you know, it's pretty close to now. But uh, all right. Uh, Cristobal went to Miami, coached as an assistant at Miami. Oregon is a better job than Miami right now. I think there's no doubt about that. I think this job and the Alabama job are probably the only two jobs that Cristobal leaves Oregon for. He was building something really good. He had good recruiting classes. They have another one coming in. They're going to lose some players from that, obviously. But uh, this is a weird – I mean, Miami spent a lot of money to make this happen. Buying out Manny Diaz and then trying to hire Cristobal for like over a week while Diaz was still the coach, very weird to me. But um, buying out Cristobal from Oregon and then Cristobal's new contracts, like $27 million alone this season or this year. So, And then we uh, didn't also write down uh, Oklahoma did hire a new head coach. Yeah, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator from Clemson, who was an assistant at Oklahoma before going to Clemson. A perfect hire. I think that's a great hire for Oklahoma. And then Notre Dame hired the defensive coordinator. Marcus Freeman, yeah. That was from Cincinnati. Correct. That he was at Cincinnati last year, I think, or the year before that, and then became the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Now he's already the head coach. So, and then good uh, hire there. Yeah. Well, that answer question because you were talking about maybe Cincinnati's head coach going to Notre Dame, and they're like, oh, we're going to stay in house. Yeah, I think it's smart for Notre Dame. Good hire, I think. Uh, then the candidates, according to Yahoo, there's a lot of articles, a lot of different names being thrown out there, and I just want to throw the record out there as a an observer and a fan of Oregon football. Uh, I really, really, really wanted Lane Kiffin to be the guy, but he just signed an extension at Ole Miss. So I don't think that's going to happen. That would be my number one guy. But other than that, the four candidates listed by Yahoo, Chip Kelly, could Chip come back? I think there's good reason to come back. He's not a big fan of recruiting. And I think UCLA where he's at now is going to have a lot of trouble against Lincoln Riley at USC in terms of recruiting players. So I think uh, maybe Chip comes back. I wouldn't do, hate do it. Do you think people around that organization want him back after? I think so. I mean, he left for the NFL, so. I know. I think it's a little different than leaving for another college program like what Brian Kelly did, which, you know, leaving Notre Dame is a little different than almost anything else. Um, but It still amazes me, too, how you're able to just leave your team like that knowing you're going to have a bowl game with them. How about Notre Dame knowing that you could you could be in the playoff? That's well, we discussed that last week. It's even worse. But now, like, is he coaching LSU at their bowl game, or is Orgeron no. still doing that? I'm assuming, or is, it, or is it an interim? That's a good question. I figured they'll have. I, it's not going to be Brian Kelly. There's no way. It just doesn't. I mean, same with USC. Do they make a bowl? No, I, I think I mean, they were terrible. Is Oklahoma Stoops coaching the? Yeah, Stoops is coaching Oklahoma, and then Oregon has uh, one of their defensive coaches coaching them. So why not their offensive line coach? Uh, he's gone. He's going with Cristobal. The widow so, guy. Yep, they were good buddies. I think that's the reason they use at Oregon. But uh, so uh, offensive line coach Brad Davis will be the uh, intern for LSU in that game. Yeah, so, so th- like you hire a new coach, and then your head coach isn't even going to be able to coach the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, there was no way Coach O was going to be able to coach the bowl game after they hired a new coach. That'd be kind of weird. No, but it's just like, why did you not wait till after all that? Because the hiring cycle starts now. I happened, it it was on my For You page. It was Brian Kelly's daughter. 
talking about how she still had a semester left at school. Yeah, I heard her dad, that. her dad was in Louisiana. Douche move is what that is. I think we all know Brian Kelly's a scumbag. So there you go. Uh, Can you imagine how hard that's going to be for her for the next semester? Yeah, at least it's only a semester. You know, Could've I probably wouldn't longer. have made that TikTok. Yeah, probably. Um, Matt Campbell is a second candidate from Iowa State. I don't think he would leave Iowa State for this job unless the contract was enormous because I think he's he's really built them up. I like this third spot for Oregon. Well, the third great, one is great uh, coach. Bill O'Brien, Alabama offensive coordinator. Uh, I personally would react positively to a hire like this. I think a lot of people would be negative, but he had a good record at Penn State, probably not as good as it could have been. And then he left for the NFL. And everybody knows that every time you become a coordinator at Alabama, you're probably going to then take the next step to the head coaching jobs. Sarkeesian to Texas, uh, Kirby Smart to Georgia, tons of guys, Cristobal to Oregon. Jimbo. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, he, he's going to get another shot at some point. I don't think Oregon's going to do it, but it's a name that's out there. And the fourth one, which I think would be very under the radar and very good, Kalani Sataki, who is the BYU head coach. He went to BYU, so it would probably be hard to prime away. But the resources and money he would get from Oregon, because remember, Oregon has Nike, Phil Knight money, would be enormous. And he's a West Coast uh, guy in terms of recruiting and coaching. I think he would be a very – I think he'd be a very Cristobal type hire with much more success as a head coach than Cristobal had. Before yeah, that, that one would just be hard to get him away from a school he went to. Yeah, but the other thing is, though, I think the fact that overrules that is, you know, Pac-12, uh, you know, a ton of resources, a ton of money. Yeah. Sweet uniforms, which I think is 90% of the recruiting in Oregon is how sweet their uniforms are. I think that's why people I just, go there. I think, I mean, I say that just, I mean, his allegiance was there. He went to school there, played football there, and then – to try getting away that that well, I mean it's gonna be hard. Yeah, the and what makes it even harder is the fact that BYU is eventually gonna be in the Big Twelve. So you'd think he'd want to stay around for that. Yeah, the, and uh, they, he's been having success. Yeah, Zach Wilson going out of there, but uh we'll see if Oregon has a head coach by next Wednesday. I'm hoping they do get it Bill, done. Bill O'Brien, I think just be weird because he plays, you know, a slow Big Ten style. I don't think he would fit in, in that Oregon style that they like. Yeah. I agree. Um, the big thing for Oregon is this season, especially, is that they just didn't have a quarterback. Like, Anthony Brown was so inconsistent. He was absolutely horrendous in the Pac-12 championship game. But, uh, you know, hopefully they got a couple guys there. Ty Thompson probably be the guy next season, then Jay Butterfield behind him. So, recruiting, they've done a good job. I think Sataki would be a great hire. He's probably number two or three on my list. Uh, I had to take Kiffin off, obviously, because, you know, Kiffin's going to stay at Ole Miss, even though I would have I thrown – if I were Phil Knight and Oregon boosters, I would have thrown 12 years, 200 at Kiffin. I mean, that would be a perfect hire because going back to the Pac-12, he's a guy that recruits well. He's a guy that's coached well. He went 10-2 and two in the SEC this season with – I mean, other than Matt Coral, they didn't have very much in that team, and he's just a good coach. But uh, I think number one would be Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Two would be Dave Aranda from uh, Baylor, who just won a, a championship in his conference. And then three would probably be Stocky, but uh, we'll see. Get it done. Get it done, Phil Knight, Oregon, all you people with the money and the cool uniforms. Get us a good coach, us, because I am on the team pretty much. Uh, get it done. <laughs> uh, let's do the betting picks. Um, all right. 13 and 11 for me last week. Uh, four and two in the NFL, or five and three in the NFL, four and two 
in college football, three and two college basketball, zero and two in the NHL, and zero and two in the NBA. Uh, and then I did hit on Justin Thomas, top five, so thirteen and eleven. Uh, I went fifteen and nine. I hit on Victor Hovland to win. Uh, I had Justin Thomas and Morikawa to win as well, but they both tied for fifth at fourteen under. And then I had Rory and Spieth. Um, I went one and one in hockey, one and one in NBA, uh, three and two in college basketball. I had the Washington Arizona game postponed. Yep, that's the one that I had postponed as well. Uh, three and three in college football, and six and two in the NFL. All right, Army-Navy this weekend, MetLife Stadium. Always a great game to watch, always a big game, big stage. They want to play hard. They don't like each other on the football field. Spread is seven. I like Army minus seven. Yeah, no doubt I'm taking Army. Yeah, they're just a a bit of a force, I would think, at this point. Uh, Let's do the NBA. It's like six and three versus three and six or something. Yeah. No matter the record, it's always a great game, though, for sure. Uh, NBA picks tonight. Spread, I like uh, the Bulls plus three at the Cavs and the Thunder plus seven at the Raptors. Ooh, I have that at seven and a half, but I'm taking the Raptors minus seven and a half at OKC. And then I got the Nuggets minus two over the Pelicans. All right, uh, hockey for tomorrow night. I like the Blackhawks minus 115 money line at the Canadians and the Wild minus 150 money line at the Sharks. Uh, I have Nashville minus 105 over the Islanders. And the Jets minus one ten over the Kraken. All right, college hoops Thursday picks. Couple of interestingly uh, kind of good to not great teams. I mean, they're they're solid teams. One of them is really standing out early in the season. In my first Thursday pick, give me St. John's to beat Monmouth, and then uh, Texas over Seton Hall for Thursday. I as well have that Monmouth St. John's game, taking St. John's, and then I have. Iowa at Iowa State. I'm taking Iowa State. Who would have thought Iowa-Iowa State would be a big game this season? Because Iowa State coming in, they went 0-18 in the Big 12 last season. New head coach there, TJ Otzelberger from UNLV. They bring in transfers. They're a different team. Iowa lost Joe Wieskamp, Luca Garza. They bring in a couple guys. They look much better. They're 7-2. And Iowa they, State's and having yet, a great They still season. have Jordan Bohannon, who seems like he's been there for eight years. And for the 30th time, got shut down completely by Trent Frazier. So... That did happen. Some things never change. Maybe he's he's still scared after getting attacked. I did make a joke about that on the Illini show, but uh, we'll move past that on this program. You made a joke about it? Not really a joke, but just a little throwing a little jab at him. I mean, people from Iowa make fun of it, so I feel like I have a free reign to do that, especially after they beat them. But uh, anyway, uh, Friday games, I'll take Loyola Chicago to beat Vanderbilt, and I will take Vermont to beat Brown. Now, Brown, they keep winning. They won last night. Uh, if I were betting the games every night, I would have taken uh, whoever – I think it was Merrimack. I think it was like plus four and a half against Brown. But Brown did cruise and win that game by 20. So I'm going to pick against them this time. So Vermont over Brown, Loyola Chicago over Vanderbilt for Friday. Are you looking at my sheet or something? I am not. I look at Haslametrics.com to find the analytics and the matchups, and then I pick the matchups uh, accordingly. I as well have Loyola Chicago at Vanderbilt taking Loyola Chicago. And then I have Murray State at Memphis taking Murray State. Anytime I can pick against Jerry Stackhouse, I do it because I do not like him at all. But uh, that's besides the point. Is he the head coach of Vanderbilt now? Yeah. 
and he's doing a terrible job. So there you go. Uh, Saturday, going with a couple of Big Ten games, uh, Michigan State over Penn State and Michigan over Minnesota. Uh, I have Nebraska at Auburn, taking Auburn, and then UCLA at Marquette. I'm taking UCLA. All right. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Thursday night football tomorrow, Vikings, Steelers. Doesn't look like Thielen will play, but Dalvin Cook could play. I will take the Vikings minus three against the Steelers. I still think the Steelers are dead. They gave you a little bit of hope last week if you're a Steelers fan, but I – no. I am as well taking the Vikings in that. And this is a game where you got to bounce back after losing to Detroit. Yeah. And then Sunday night football, we got the Bears at Green Bay. 12-and-a-half point spread here. But I'm taking, I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I, I would usually be pessimistic and not pick the Packers there, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, until they lose to the Bears, I am just going to be confident in them winning. Even if they don't win this game, I don't care. I mean, Fields is, Fields is starting this game. I Honestly, I think Fields is going to be good eventually, but I think they'd have a better chance with – Andy Dalton in this game, just because of the way that he can kind of pick the defense a little bit. I mean, I know he was terrible last week, but the weather was terrible. They, I just, I, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to lose this game. I think they'd have a better shot with Nick Foles in this game. Well, it's going to be a lot about Fields and if he can make plays happen because he made some really good throws in the first game against Green Bay. But both teams have evolved since then. I think the Bears have gotten worse. The Packers have gotten better, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, the Bears' defense is going to be the big key here because no Mac. A lot of injuries. Their secondary is not very good. They got one Mac. Well, you know. Khalil's brother. Yeah, they can have that, and he won't make anywhere near the same impact. But uh, LaFleur has done nothing but completely scheme up and uh, pick the Bears' defenses apart in almost every game they've played, with the exception of the first game, which was a 10-3 Packer win. But uh, until the Bears win, I just – I have a feeling Nagy's gone after this year. You would think so. I mean, the Bears – Pace should be gone as well. Like the Vikings when they play the Packers, this is the Bears Super Bowl. So let's hope they can win the Super Bowl. And then Monday Night Football, you get the Rams at Arizona. Arizona's two points uh, favorite. I'm taking Arizona minus two. I don't buy into either of these teams in the playoffs, but the first game they played, Arizona annihilated them. I think the Rams are going to win this game because I think there's always a balancing out thing. I don't think Arizona's going to go 15 and two. I just have like Stafford hasn't been doing that well against pressure, and I, I have a feeling Arizona is just going to bring that to him the whole time. Chandler Jones is going to be all over the place. Yeah, I just I, there's really no rhyme or reason other than the fact that I don't think Arizona is going to win out. I and is JJ Watt gone for just the regular season? Can he come back at all, or is he out for the whole year? He could probably come. I think he's made some cryptic comments about maybe coming back in the playoffs, but I feel like it would be really hard. I just feel like if you're in the playoffs, like he just I mean, he's gonna make a double team, and then you've got to choose are you double teaming him on this play or you double teaming Chandler Jones. Yeah, that's a big factor. I mean, that definitely hurt them when he went out, but uh they did lose their first game. The game after he went out was the Green Bay game. But uh all right, NFL picks for Sunday, five games. Go ahead. Uh I got Dallas at Washington football team taking the Washington football team plus four and a half. Uh, Raiders at Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half. 
Jags at Titans, taking the Titans minus eight and a half. Uh, Ravens at Browns, taking Cleveland minus two and a half. I was going to take the Ravens, but their defense just but still taking Baker out. I'm taking the Browns. And then lastly, I got the Niners at the Bengals. I'm taking the Niners minus one and a half. All right. Uh, I will also pick the Ravens-Browns game. I'm going to take the Ravens, though, plus two and a half at Cleveland. Uh, the Chargers are pretty banged up. Uh, Keenan Allen on the COVID list. Mike Williams on the COVID list. I'll take the Giants to cover plus ten and a half at the Chargers. The Chargers are the kind of team that has a huge win that loses the next week. So I'll go with that. Uh, Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Raiders. I'll take that all day. I'll take the Bucks to beat the Bills minus three. I think things are going to get worse in Buffalo before they get better. Where's that game at? It's in Tampa. I'll take the Titans minus eight and a half against the Jags. So those are the picks. Uh, in terms of the footy picks on the on the pitch, I went uh, seven and three last week, 32-17-1. I remain uh, undefeated in the MLS. I believe five and zero oh now in the MLS. Sweet. What's left in the MLS? Just the finals. Yeah, I'm picking the final. Yeah, that's Ooh. coming up. Uh, but all right, picks for this week. I'm 32-17-1 overall. Uh, League One, give me Lille plus 140 over Lyon. I'm taking Lille almost every week. And then I'll take Clermont plus 265 in their game against Angers or Angers or however the hell you say that name. Uh, it's Italian, so – or no, it's French. Sorry, French. Serie A is Italian. Uh, Serie A is where we'll go next. Juventus minus 255 against Udinese. I'll take that. And then Sassuolo and Lazio draw plus 245. I've hit a couple of draws, so I might as well try it again. Uh, La Liga, Virial versus Valcano. Minus 130, Virial. I'll take them to win. And then Real Madrid, plus 110 against Atletico Madrid. I'll take that. Uh, Premier League, give me Chelsea, minus 330 over Leeds. Uh, Arsenal, minus 155 over Southampton. And then I'll take Tottenham. It's a good number, I think, for Tottenham, plus 275 against Brighton. Bundesliga, Union, Berlin, minus 140 over Firth. And uh, Dortmund, minus 205 over Bochum. And uh, then the MLS Cup final. Portland Timbers versus NYCFC. NYCFC FC is a team that I've rode a couple weeks now, but I think Portland and Seattle, I guess they have that big rivalry up there in soccer uh, in the MLS. So I will take the Portland Timbers. I believe this is their second cup if they win it, plus 175 against NYCFC. They've been the underdog this whole time since you picked them, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit of a magical run. But uh, I'll take Portland Timbers to to end that. And uh, there we go. All right. Uh, Next week, December 15th, we'll be back for number 42. And we'll have a little bit more to cover probably in terms of news items. Hopefully Oregon is a head coach by then, and then we'll know some more about some bowl games and all that stuff. We'll pick a lot more games as well. And we'll see you next week. Deuces.